Empire. The NFT tsunami is coming. That really hit me, and I was like, the world is going to, everything's going to be digital. All the, uh, 50 to 75% of the fandom is going to be digital, and we need digital products that can move, that, that don't just live inside a closed ecosystem, don't just live inside uh, a Y2K game that can be shut down at any time. That's Grant Dexter, co-founder and CEO of Fanoply, a company helping those in sports and entertainment grow fandom in the digital world. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The sports collectible marketplace underwent seismic shifts in 2021. Longtime card maker Tops was bought by Fanatics. NFTs soared in price, in some cases as works of art, and in others, a crash course in first adoption in sports collections. 2022 doesn't seem to be a space where this market levels out. Just a year where those in the know carve out opportunity. Our guest this week is Grant Dexter. He's the co-founder and the CEO of Fanoply, which is a company that is a turnkey NFT provider that's working with a number of different outlets in entertainment and sports. Hey, Grant, how are you? I am doing real well. How are you doing? Doing good. Um, tell me about Fanoply. You guys are, it, it's kind of hard to, to sum up what you're doing. You're working with so many different partners in this space. Why don't you kind of give us the background of the company and where you are right now? Yeah, you know, we've been, uh, we've been at this since 2018. Um, one of my co-founders, um, Mike Rosenthal, uh, met me at a South by Southwest um, a couple of years ago and, uh, brought up the idea of, um, you know, this new digital asset class, NFT. And I had been an entrepreneur and working in previously in e-commerce and ticketing, uh, and sports and music and entertainment space. And I also have three boys, uh, under the age of 16 and see how they interact with digital goods every day. And I was like, wow, this is, seismic and could be incredible um you know we really are um you know nfts uh in in a scalable nfts in a box so we've built out our system to enable our partners to sell nfts inside of their ecosystem um inside of their apps and websites uh we really view ourselves as sort of the pick and shovels of the nft world we do have a site called fanoply.com that's done really well. And that's a really great place for us to showcase um, some of our technologies. And we've done rollouts with everyone from uh, Coachella, which was integrated right into their app, to the New Jersey Devils, to the Colorado Avalanche, to the Professional Fight League, um, to artists from Olivia Rodrigo, uh, all, the re- all the way down to um, Baby Bam. So... Yeah, we're really, um, I would say, a technology company and a services company. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we're built, we, we really see the future as digitizing fandom. You know, the way brands and bands and teams are interacting with their fans is online. And there are no real tangible digital goods for them in that space. 
And we're building tools to help digitize that fandom for them, uh, you know, now in five and 10 years down the road. Um, you know, we're just super excited. And, 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 and again, I think we think that should happen inside of uh, their ecosystems. We think fans should be able to earn NFTs for going to 10 games in a row, you know, inside of a team app, not have to be shoveled off to a third party site and, uh, learn to buy crypto and do the exchanges and sit on it and think it's, you know, think of it only as a, an asset that you sell. We really view NFTs in a lot of different ways than other companies, I think. Uh, it, l- let me stay on that topic just for a moment, Deb, because the inducements for fans who buy tickets to games have always been mm-hmm. tangible products, whether it's some piece of memorabilia or mm-hmm. case of a hockey team, a stick, or, or the Baltimore Orioles here locally have a very famous day where you get a bucket hat if you show up to specific games. You're saying that the team should embrace the idea of rewarding them digitally, that, that that's, and, and our team, and I agree with you, uh, are teams embracing that back when you bring that up to them? Yeah, they are. You know, it's a great way to frame it and question it. And you've encapsulated, you know, one of our value propositions, which are, are yeah, fans are doing things every day. Sometimes they're being rewarded. Sometimes they're not. And NFTs or digital products can be a tool to reward them. Uh, yeah, analogous to some of the physical giveaways you see now. You know, instead of having a bauble night, you could have an NFT night. And if you collected all six of them over a season, you could get access to a really rare NFT uh, that proved you were a super fan and were there, you know, six games uh, in a row or six games on certain nights. Yeah, we really feel like uh, the mementos, the keepsakes, and all of the things that you love and collect throughout your life, you know, they're all under probably $100, and they're all, like, scattered around your house, and they have these amazing memories for you. And, yeah, we think teams should digitize those. Some teams, like, with you know, we had over 60,000 participants. We issued over 40,000 NFTs um, inside of their festival. Um, we just did it, you know, last week. We did something with Five Seconds of Summer, a band, where they issued over 4,000 NFTs in less than an hour as a thank you for everyone came, who came to their global um, 10th anniversary tour. Uh, we did something a couple of months ago with Trevor Noah, a comedian, where if you bought a ticket during a pre-sale period, you could earn an NFT. And that was shocking to me. Over 4,000 fans, you know, claimed and uh, got their NFT. So huh. I think there's an appetite for this stuff. And, and then that, that's the sort of earned and free. And then of course we also sell NFTs. So, we do drops with teams um, around anniversaries, around milestones, around uh, plays that happen around, you know, we did something with the PFL around Colerisha Shield, first ever knockout win. We had that up for sale, you know, uh, within a couple hours. And um, so I think they can be monetized as like mementos, keepsakes and collectibles. And then on the other side of that, I think they can be like proof of fandom and um, being able to show off to everybody online things that you're passionate about and things that you've done um, and things that you care about. Um, Let me ask you about, since you're working with entertainment and you're working with sports, um, in the case of something like Coachella, where you're going to have a lot of very famous artists all converging in one place, it's a once a year type of thing. There's, obviously speciality that is 
immediate and scarcity that is to it. Each event is going to be different. When you're trying to work with a sports team outside of big playoff games or big moments, how do they kind of view NFTs in turning just the run of the mill everyday game into a special event for them? Yeah, it's a really um, great question. I think that's why, you know, traditionally a lot of teams have had theme nights or giveaway nights or rivalry nights. And so there's, you know, one of the things we try to do is like we try to draft off of existing systems and or existing programs and digitize them and say, you know what, your fans are probably much more, for sure a demographic of your fans much prefer a limited edition digital good around this because they're just going to lose the physical item. Um, so I think that we can draft off of existing programs. I think the beauty of technology that we've seen over time is that I think we can expand the offering because it makes it so easy. So, you know, every home game, you could have a code or a uh, um, an image that flashed during a broadcast. And fans could scan that. And anyone watching the game could earn uh, an NFT. And you could have a streak for watching 10 games in a row or 20 games in a row or trying to get to watch, you know, the whole season. Um, and I think that technology offers you really easy ways of, like, the first 100 people in the arena one night or the last to leave who's the last to leave one night um you know all of these really cool things that are really uh inexpensive and simple to implement because you don't need a physical product and a sponsor can come on really easily or you can run it yourself because it's part of your sales program you know the interesting thing which is a bit of a like mind bend (laughs) for some people is that you know in that example with five seconds of summer where they gave out over 4,000, let's say 500 NFTs in an hour and a half, uh, fans were then selling them on the secondary market yeah. for you know, 20, 50, $75. And even though five seconds of summer just are such an amazing group and band and they're so kind to their fans, you know, um, they make, every time a fan sells that, they make some money on the secondary market. So, even when teams are giving away NFTs, all they're doing is create creating future saleable assets because some fans might look back and be like, you know what, I want to complete my uh, complete my 10 game streak here, and I, I had to miss that game because my kid was sick, and so you know I want to I'm going to buy that on the secondary market for five bucks. You know, after 10 years, if you have five or 10 million NFTs out there, you can imagine. 10% of them trading, you're looking at some incredible scalable numbers there. And that's the beauty of it, of these. Whether you're allowing fans to earn them, giving them away, or selling them, they can have secondary market value and perpetual value over the next 10, 20, 30 years. So you started this just a few years ago that you had gotten into it. And so I I wonder where you are in just the few years. The notoriety obviously has exploded. The demand has clearly exploded. Um, Are you surprised in the short period of time what has happened in the NFT marketplace? Or did you see this from the get-go and maybe some of the world hadn't really noticed it yet? Yeah, I I think, you know, oh boy, you sound goofy if you say you saw things before they happen but you know we, we were we, we did i did believe like in my kids i saw them move from wanting physical items over the holidays and for their birthdays to only wanting digital goods 
They wanted gift cards. They wanted gift cards so that they could use online. And what they were doing was, say, Fortnite, for instance, they were buying things inside of Fortnite that uh, um, that allowed their characters to be unique or different or personalized. Yeah. And that really hit me. And I was like, the world is going to be, everything's going to be digital. All the, uh, you know, 50 to 75% of the fandom is going to be digital. And we need digital products that can move, that, that don't just live inside a closed ecosystem, that don't just live inside uh, a Y2K game that can be shut down at any time. If, if the fans are going to believe in it, they have to have long-term value. And that means they have to be on the blockchain and they have to be decentralized. So I, I, I we really saw, like we were seriously pitching in like uh, 2019, we got into the Techstars program in 2020. We did our first rollout with Coachella in 2019. Um, and so we really did believe, but I, you know, I, I just like anything in this world, it, it does sometimes shock you how quickly um, things pop up. I, I remember I started my first tech company in in 2000, and that was right around the tech boom of 2000, with the dot coms going crazy, and and that was sort of nuts too, and that hit pretty fast and and hard. Um, so you know, it's exciting, but but I think there's a caveat there because. I think a lot of, like, I saw something about, you know, X number of NFT selling, and I calculated, and the average price was something like $4,000. And I was like, that, that is not the average fan. That, that's people that are holding cryptocurrency that have made a lot of money and are buying and trading um, these NFTs amongst themselves. I think our, our focus, the average price of our NFT is $30. We've issued over 300,000 of them. Our core mantra is to help um, teams and labels and athletes and artists to really connect with their fans and engage and reward and monetize them uh, in a fair and meaningful way. Because I think that's, that's for me is the pot of gold. If you've got, you know, a hundred thousand or a million crypto users creating a lot of this uh, energy and hype right now, imagine when you have two or three billion fans of various sports and various teams and hobbies and comic books and all sorts of things, um, getting engaged in NFTs, uh, the market is going to be just massive. Yeah. I, I think what we're seeing in the, in the news is you're seeing all of these things and the prices that are around them. And yeah. that's, what's generating the headline with crypto punks or crypto kitties or some of these other ones that kind of hit yeah. almost like artwork. Like they've, they've somehow reached some place where it's become sought after art. I think what you're talking about is you're not going to buy some NFT for, or give, be given one and turn it around and sell it for a million dollars the next day. Like that, that's not going to happen here. Yeah. And and that that will happen less and less and less because there'll be less people with million dollars and there'll be more people selling things and, It'll be more and more confusing. You know, the the kudos to the art world who was involved in crypto early, and they um, and they really capitalized on it. What we're seeing now is teams like think about the way teams and artists and any community they're already creating, they're already communicating digitally with their fan base right now. Like we did something with this um, comedy uh, festival called Just for Laughs. And they have this cute little um, 
guy named Victor, and they did a bunch of on sales around Victor doing different things, and they all sold out, and they did them three weeks in a row, and they were like, it was incredible, and because, you know, they didn't need to go to a crypto artist and say, hey, create some value for me. They knew their they knew their fans and they know their brand and they were like we know everyone loves Victor and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do some low priced items and some medium priced items and we're gonna get the ball rolling for our you know 40th anniversary um, just for last comedy festivals coming up in uh, Montreal and Toronto um, next summer so yeah so I think initially it was like these really high priced items with a ton of speculation. There's a lot of people involved that were in cryptocurrencies and they're like pure speculators. Like they are like, they want to try to make money. They've invested in crypto because they believe in the decentralized nature of the world and what it could be, but also because they want to make some money. Um, And I think now what we're seeing is, you know, things filtering down to the, um, and companies like us driving the agenda, double NFTs reward your fans, surprise your fans, introduce your fans to the new digital asset, and you'll be able to engage and reward and monetize them over the next like 20 years. And all the work you're doing now will pay off. Um, you know, we did something with uh, a festival called Rolling Loud. Really cool, like awesome festival on the West Coast. And they did three NFTs around their festival um, at different stages, at different times. You know, some of these NFTs are going to be so valuable because the festival is so popular. Um, and we did thousands of them. Um, but years and years from now, these are going to be like collector's items because uh, we didn't issue that many that, that flooded the market. But we issued enough of them that I think people are going to be super excited. Grant Dexter is the co-founder and the CEO of Fanaply. Thank you so much for joining us. Real pleasure. Thanks for having me. On the next Future Sport Podcast, 2022 may be a year where broadcasts of games incorporate more and more mixed reality. Our scouting system captures many events at the same time that a human event, human eye cannot see. Mm. Our technology transfer more data much faster than a human scout, which then makes it possible to open up new markets for betting companies. That's Nish Sagal, Global Managing Director of OSI, a young company powering digital experiences and mixed reality in live sports. That'll do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.